Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuck nicks, what the fuck tuplets, if there are any out there, how are you? What's happening? Everybody okay? Are we good? I talked to David Hidalgo from Los Lobos. Yes. Now, the weird thing about me and Los Lobos is that, you know, like, look, with any band, I know the albums I know, and then I listen to a few new albums, but going back into the uh, Los Lobos catalog, I start to realize, holy fuck, this is probably one of the best bands that ever lived. This band makes most other bands look like fucking novelty acts. These guys are hardcore pros, paying their dues on the uh, on the wedding circuit and dance club, sort of a Latino dance club circuit, Mexican music, Mexican folk music. Mexican dance music, doing the weddings. That was like their Hamburg for the Beatles was the, you know, playing these events. And man, there is no band that's tighter and looser simultaneously than Los Lobos. No band understands each other in, in, in such a fluid and connected way, can create so much space, such a beautiful goddamn sound of true American music. I guess people compare them to the band because the band was one of the first kind of consciously in a way, or I guess it was kind of hung on them, this idea of American music, Americana music, of of an indigenous music to America that kind of was rooted in Appalachian music, country, some some, uh, jazz and some funk. But, you know, those guys were Canadian, not to judge. And the one thing they were lacking was the 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 Latino foundation, the Mexican roots, and that's where the true American music of Los Lobos comes. And you can hear them; you know them immediately. It's it, it's astounding to me that people don't really dig in to the entire Los Lobos catalog. But this new album called Native Sons comes out next month, but I got to listen to it. It's all kind of LA-related or based covers of music that influenced them when they were coming up. And I talked to David about it because I was pretty fucking excited about it. Uh, and we'll, I'll, you'll hear that momentarily. We also, we also have a new segment on the show that we're starting today. It's called Get to Know Tom with Tom Sharpling. Uh, you'll hear that shortly as well. I would also like to throw a little love to the Sparks Brothers documentary. It opens in theaters tomorrow, Friday, June 18th. Edgar Wright put this together. It's his film, The Sparks Brothers. I don't know if you know Sparks the Band. I've tried to uh, lock in the Sparks the Band. I can't say that I have yet. I did enjoy the documentary. I learned a lot. It was impressive, but I still have not quite locked into that band. And they've done like a thousand records, and there's many different sounds, but it's seemingly that, and I respect them, but I, I don't Listen to them. I don't know this if the, that this is necessary for the plug because the movie stands on its own. And it's not a paid plug. It's, you know, Edgar asked me to watch it. I watched it. I was like, holy shit. I didn't know any of this. I have a few of the records. I'll listen to them again. I now have a new respect for them. But that was the last time I listened to them. Not that you're going to listen to Sparks every day. Enough. Enough. Okay? Enough. You know, sometimes we haven't done this in a long time, but, uh, you know, we used to do 
short interview segments with people who, you know, friends of the show or whatnot. But, but this is this is something different. This is a new segment on the show for a, a limited time only. It's a what do they call them a, a limited series of segments uh, called Get to Know Tom. Some of you know Tom. Tom Sharpling's a dear friend of mine. He's uh, he's been on the show many times. He appeared at the beginning of uh, one of my HBO sh- uh, specials, Thinky Pain. We've done several Mark and Tom shows together that you can also listen to. So to some of you, he's not a stranger. But to, but the point of this is he's, he's got this book coming out. What's it called? It Never Ends. Yeah, the book, it's a, it's a book about Tom. It's a memoir called It Never Ends. And I read it. And it's you know it's a difficult position to be put in. I have to be honest with you, Tom. Hey, okay. Well, you never know, man. You, you know, some a friend of yours is like, "We do me a favor, you know? Will you mm-hmm. will you read my book?" Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, "What's?" <laughs> I've been in both sides of that now. For the first time in my life, I'm on the other side of that. Where I'm like, "What does he want? What do, you, do I have to? Do, I, I can just blurb it without reading it. Is yeah. it a blurb yeah. or is it? Does he want notes? What am I supposed to do? And but but I read it. And I've done that twice. I've, it's it's only happened to me a couple times, actually. And I think maybe it's people have sent me books before and I haven't read them. But mm-hmm. I read the whole book, and I, you know, I I don't know you that long, or or you know, it turns out not that well even. I didn't know any of that stuff. But why would I? It's not like when we talk, we're professional broadcasters. Yeah, we're, generally we're friends. We eat dinner and stuff. But I'm not going to be like you know, Jesus, what happened? Yeah, you aren't. Just, you don't just go like. <laughs> So tell us, oh, 10 years old. What yeah, was yeah, that all where, about? Where, what happened to you? Like, why, why? I never even, I didn't even, why you like you are, you know what? But the the point is, I guess there's many points, but it's a great book. And and I think we should just sort of, um, like, well, let's just, just so people know, like, you know, what do you do? You, you I mean, yeah, I mean, I know you host the best show. How'd yeah. That, yeah. Well, I host a show, the best show, yeah. which, uh, it, I've been doing that for Man, 20 years. 20 now. years. 20 years doing this. And it started on terrestrial radio. Started on a, a station WFMU. Right. And that was uh, standard old-fashioned radio. Right. And then- But like like in the you know in the book, you talk about um, you know, how, how you're, you were very excited to get the job. Like oh, the, my God. I couldn't believe it. It was like, you just grow up. Radio was my thing. It like, was? Like idolizing and fetishizing just- Disc jockeys, and yeah. especially oh, yeah. when you get into like personalities, because like you're that. like New Jersey guy. Yeah, so, so I would hear all the New York, yeah, yeah, all the New York stations. The, the early talk guys, early talk guys. Yeah, would hear, yeah. Uh, Bob Grant. No, I don't know that guy. He was uh, that's a right wing piece of garbage on <laughs> WABC, but he was he's one of those guys where it's just like you're really funny, yeah, and great at this, but you're evil. Yeah, like right. you're using it for. Evil purpose, like so many uh, of them. So many, turns out. Yeah, <laughs> I, turns some of them. Some of the there used to, used to be a guy. I had to do an evening show here that was preempted frequently by uh, Clippers games. Like okay. it was a, a live show at ten at night because mm-hmm. it was some sort of like a placeholder. When after Air America fired me, they put me on on the air. Uh, I can't remember the name of the fucking channel. But it was a night, a night show. Brendan came out here to produce it, you know, for a while. Okay. And but literally, if it was women's basketball season, they had a pre-existing contract with that to Everything. go live. Yeah. So we'd have to wait until the game was over to start sure. our live show. And we're in overtime. Ziegler was the guy's name, and there exactly <laughs> yeah. there was a right wing guy named Ziegler. Okay. You know, and he was sort of on the same floor, different channel, but like two studios down, yeah. and the worst, most malignant fucking right-wing douchebag you know but he was good at mm-hmm. being a broadcaster absolutely it's they are they are exclusive yeah and right so i remember there's one time we're at the urinals and i'm like you know you, you're really uh you're good on the mic man he's like really i mean i didn't think you would think i'm like dude i mean you know, yeah. you're like yeah all right just take it you're a horrible human <laughs> that happens to be good at broadcasting but you just knew it was going to be your thing, right? I mean, because I know you cover this in the book, and it's a, it's a it's a great story, you know. Early on, you never can dream it could even be your thing. You just love it, yeah. And it seems like it's a million miles away, right? Especially pre podcasting, yeah. Did you ever imagine this? Did you know, did you ever think? Well, I mean, it's different because you you know you're you're a unique radio guy. But let's let's be honest, just as you were saying, and this is off topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kevin Christie really he framed it in a way that, like, I never really thought about it. Like that, you know, in light of the podcasting thing, it's like who knew so many people 
wanted to be mediocre radio personality. Oh my God. It's the craziest thing. When suddenly, who knew everybody just wanted to shoot the shit? But it's so terrible. There's yeah. some people that like are better at other things, basically doing you know mediocre midday radio style. Yeah, and they're not good at it. No, they're they have lowered themselves. Right. The thing that, that I don't even think they know what that was. It, they've gotten it through, like it's it's like three steps down they they're not yeah. they didn't listen to that and say i want to be that they want to be the person who's influenced by the person who is influenced by that and as a comic you know going into these places you always know you're up against these guys these regional guys and you go in you and there's always a sidekick guy he's like i used to just stand up there mm-hmm. and you never wanted to be that guy <laughs> you know that was like that was if all the things mm-hmm. failed yeah you hope you could be the the you know the the chuckle guy yeah the guy you know you know chiming in on some local radio show. Yeah. It's like in music. It's like the last refuge of the scoundrel in music is <laughs> you go become a country artist because they'll, they'll apparently accept anyone that pretends yeah. that just like, I like country is my favorite thing. And they're just like, we like you then. <laughs> and But in comedy, it's that. Yeah. It was just like, and now I just like, now I cannot get that framing out of my head that like, you know. Everyone now is just like, for some reason, they, they've just forgotten that radio was the end of the line. Yeah. No, not that not was. some practical way to try to get traction. No. You, like <laughs> Howard Stern used to say, it was the lowest rung on the showbiz ladder. It, for sure it is. And it, he was 100% right about that. With the largest egos. Yeah. Used to, we used to go in, you do these um, morning shows, mm-hmm. and you're having a cockfight with, the, you know, like, Joe Nobody. Yeah. You know, who's like, you know, he's got the drive time in this, the entire Columbus area. It's like, yeah. this fucking guy, and they're causing you trouble. They're like, we're going to fuck with the comic. I'm like, I'm just, I just want to sell a ticket, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but these guys are just, meanwhile, terrified that somebody's going to just walk in and go like, yeah, we're just changing the whole thing. Now, we, now we're playing, a, it's a Latin station now. Everybody out. Like that's hanging over their head every oh, day. When Clear Channel was yeah, that, that's not. I guess that's not happening. It's like that, that that Cleveland story. We must have talked about that. When I go to do morning mm-hmm. radio, yeah, and I get off the elevator and there's just some sort of commotion. Uh-huh. And some guy runs by. He's not wearing a shirt and he looks exasperated. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. what's happening? And they're like, hey man, just be cool with the the, the something went wrong with the puke cannon, and we're gonna have to move you into another studio. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm not sure if you should be happy or sad something was wrong with the But that was just like the end of it. Yeah. I forget the guy's name. He's the, mm-hmm. It was terrible. And we and it's like, yeah, man, we were, we had some guy drink milk and then we we fig, altered a, a leaf blower. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It was like, this was like, to me, this was like the the end of shock radio. Like it, mm-hmm. the device that, you know, that they had gone out of their way to, to create, to manufacture, <laughs> to reinvent some, it was ridiculous. The puke yeah. cannon, it just blew up. Yeah. Yeah. Just puked milk all over their studio huh. for no reason. And, and nobody can see it. No, yeah, and no That's one the cares. Well, there's probably a video element, yeah. but it was just so stupid because there's always nine dudes involved. Yeah. You know, like at those morning shows. Oh! Yeah, yeah. There's like that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Billy. You'll get it. You yeah. want something to eat, Billy? Yeah. Get him something to eat. Yeah. You know that guy, <laughs> John Worcester, who I do stuff on the best show with. Uh, we do comedy stuff, and you know John. Yeah, John, growing up in Philly, would listen to classic rock radio, and yeah. then. One week there was a format change where the 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 classic rock station tried to go like punk or like, yeah. like they were going alternative. Yeah. yeah, and there was this old guy who he would listen to on the station, yeah. and then he's listening, and now there's this guy on same voice, but now he's calling himself <laughs> Mo Hawk. <laughs> and then John called in. He's like, "Wait, hey, are you? Uh, aren't you the guy who like you're not? You know that's not your name." He's like, "Yeah, it's not me. I, they're making me call myself Mo Hawk." He's like, I'm out of here, but this is my last week. Radio. Mohawk. That an adult has to, at some point, say, like, I guess I'm calling myself Mohawk today. But it, yeah, but it's just, it is a specific talent and not everyone can do it. And you're great at it. And, and, and it was, it was something that evolved. Like the, the guys that are good do it like nobody else somehow. And you've kind of figured out this own, your own niche with the best show, which is hilarious. And but how did that evolve? It just sort of you just started. I can't remember. I know it's in the book. Yeah, 
It started off doing ra- starting off doing a music show. Yeah, right, right. Like because right. yeah, I was yeah. on WFMU, primarily a music station, in New Jersey, New Jersey, yeah. Jersey City. Uh, was in East Orange at that point. Yeah, but doing a music show, and then slowly the balance was like ninety nine percent music, one yeah. percent talk, and then yeah. I just kept going to where I was slowly talking more and more, and that was then that just made sense, and I was like, oh my god, this is what I want to be doing, not just playing records yeah, and you're really good at the music beds and the pausing just, and all that but the, the appeal was to use the music as a complement to the talking yeah yeah and, and that just then it just was like all bets were off i knew what i wanted to do with it but it's interesting because you come out of this you know this other part of your life where you know like um there's like stuff in the book where i'm like you know like don't you want like you know what's that stuff about uh like your name like you know oh your, your well name. you know I mean, we've got to save something for the. No, but no, I mean, can't, all right. Uh, no, I mean, all right, look, all right, there's all right. there's stuff about yeah. my name and yeah, all right, all it's right. in the book. All right, okay, yeah, you know, all right, you're right. Yeah, we, just, we should even want more. Right? Yes, so, no, people should. If you but want, that was it, cra- it's crazy, man. That whole thing in the book is crazy. Do you want you want it? No, please, just I mean, all right, no, no, no. Talk I, about some things, other things. I'd do you want to get come. something to eat or? Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll all right. We'll do it. Let's do it again. I'll try not to. We'll okay. do this again. Sure, sure. You know, a couple more times. I want people to... Ah, oh, the name thing's good, though. It's all right. It's we'll in... do it again. We'll do it. We'll do another one. Okay. we save some of it. Uh, so, look, folks, you can go order Tom's book. What is it called again? It Never Ends. It Never Ends. I a read me- it. A I Memoir read it. with Nice Memories is the that, That's the, the, the other... Because I, yes. I, now that I know it, I know yes. what it's referring to. Yes, you do. And that's and, also in the book. All right. So I'll talk to you. We'll do it again. We'll do it. Yeah, it's at uh, tomwroteabook.com, and you can order it uh, other places too, right? At book places. Oh, any any bookstore will take your order for this book. All right, we're gonna, we're going to do this again, and and Tom will tell. I guess some you know I, you're just going to be selective about you know. Yeah, I, no, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, fine. Right. Okay, we will have another talk with uh, with Tom. Tom Sharpling, the amazing Tom Sharpling, next week so you can get to know him a little better and then get his book. It never ends. So you can get to know him a, a lot better. Like a lot. Pre order it at tomwroteabook.com. Okay. I'm very excited to uh, have had this conversation. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the band Los Lobos. They are still out there working. I'm looking forward to going to see them. I believe uh, me and Gimme Gimme Dan are going to go see them at the uh, Pacific Amphitheater with X. And uh, the Blasters, I think it's like the first day of August, maybe. Uh, the new Los Lobos album is called Native Sons. It's a collection of songs by Los Angeles-based artists that were influential to the band. The Beach Boys, War, The Blasters, Jackson Brown, Buffalo Springfield, and more. It comes out uh, on July 30th. I think I'm going to see him on the next day. Yeah. Yeah. This is me and David Hildal. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get Get your podcasts. Go. Well, yeah, I get I get weird about sound, so I, I like I'd like this room to be more than it is, but yeah, I got to put these panels up so the shit don't bounce around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, man, that's... I like it dead. I like that sound to just be dead. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. kind of guitar are you playing these days? Uh, What's your main one? I used to go back to a Telecaster, you know. Really? Uh, Telecaster, Strat, and uh, I was playing an SG for a while. Really? Yeah, I still, uh, I go back and forth. I like- well, the SG, that's di- different sound than those Fenders, man, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a little thicker. Yeah, it is thicker, but it's, uh, uh, I don't know, the neck pickup on, a, on an SG is just, 
It cuts through, you know. I, yeah, I yeah. played Les Pauls and, and I try to get. Yeah, I love Les Pauls too. Yeah, you know? right. And uh, but the SG just had the. It, it was there. It cut know? through, huh? Yeah, I guess it's because it's just that like. That just that humbucker sitting on that, that the body's so thin. Yeah, right. I, I think there's the whole the whole makeup of the guitar. With yeah, the, with the neck, you know, way out here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And know? I I have like that that one. I got it. That black one. That Captain uh-huh. Kirk one. He he sent that to me. I'm not even that great a guitar player, but I try to get as many guitars as possible for free. <laughs> You're one of us. <laughs> That's how it works, man. Yeah, man. I talked to Steve Miller right mm-hmm. a few uh, about a month ago. Because yeah. he releases uh, this movie of a, of a concert he did in the 70s. And they're all playing uh, these ridiculous guitars, Ibanez guitars. Right. And, and one, of the, one of the guitar players had a music man. And I asked him, I said, what the fuck was with the Ibanez and the music man? He's like, Gibson and Fender wouldn't give us anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we took what we could. The, yeah. the Ibanez said, they'll make us anything. Yeah. Yeah. Iceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's what the the one with the big hook on it. Yeah, like, it, like yeah. it, it was their version of an explorer, kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah that's what they were playing. Yeah, I remember that. Two of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you yeah. guys? You are you all still live in L.A.? I'm in Orange County now. I've been out there for 16 years. Oh yeah. Is yeah. it nice out there? It's nice. It's you know, uh, pretty uh, sterile. Just I mean, it's okay. It's all right. You, you, know? well, you sound like you, you didn't have a choice in the matter. Well. I had a little more room out there. Yeah. Uh, bigger yard. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have grandkids now, so they need... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to, to... Run around. Run around. Yeah. But you guys, you started here. You grew yeah. up here. Yeah, I grew up in L.A. Yeah. What part? Well, East L.A., down uh, by the Long Beach Freeway, by... Uh, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. Out that way. Yeah? yeah. And what, was... Uh, did you come from uh, a musical family? Sort of, yeah. We, music uh, music uh, uh, appreciation was, was high in the family. With you know? your... Fo- hey, how many yeah. people? How many people in the family? We had uh, three, three brothers. Yeah. Three brothers and, uh, you know, and uh, my dad, you know, he liked to have a few drinks and liked, liked to sing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he liked the Ink Spots and uh, Louis Prima. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Louis Jordan and stuff like that. That was his... So that music. so that's what you grew up listening to and hearing. Yeah, I heard a lot of that. What he do, your old man? He was a truck driver. Oh yeah, uh, he uh, delivered caskets for uh, caskets for uh, West Coast Casket Company. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's never empty, you know. But... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those things when you're a kid. That's kind of a heavy thing. It's like what your dad do. He, he drops off coffins. Yeah, delivers <laughs> caskets. Yeah. And we lived in the. He got a deal with the company. Yeah. So we lived in the office, and the, the warehouse was. Uh, uh, that was our backyard. Was a oh f- man, full of caskets. So you guys could go play in the caskets. Yeah, we play hide and seek in the caskets. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Make some vampire jokes. Oh yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. My dad loved vampires. Yeah, you know, I, I. Well, that's good. He was in the right business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when did when did you start playing? I was about eleven, I guess. I, I, and you started on guitar. Yeah. Well, drums first. My brother was a drummer. Oh really? Yeah. So I, he taught me just basic. Where to put it? You know where to one, two, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. Four, you know? Can you do it now? Yeah, I, I mean I haven't played in a while, but I I, I enjoy playing drums. Yeah? yeah, but you started with the guitar. When did you pick yeah. up the accordion? That was until later, the eighties. Uh, you know the Lobos got into the Mexican folk music back in the seventies. And how uh, long have you guys been a band, man? S- since seventy three. It's crazy, dude. I know. <laughs> well, how old were you when you started? I was nineteen. And it's the same dudes. Yeah, same four guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we did it. <laughs> it's and you all get along still for the most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I listen to the new record. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I hadn't like I, there were some records I hadn't listened to in a while. But it's like it, what's amazing about you guys is that like even with this new record with the Native Sons, with all these covers mm-hmm. except for the one out the one new song. I mean, even though they're covers, and even though we know some of them, somehow or another, they all sound like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, that's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. You know, like that, and and it's all through all the music. It doesn't matter what style of music you're playing, which is sort of an amazing thing. You know, it's a it's a testament to how connected you all are, and that that just comes from fucking being together. It's <laughs> 1973. It's like yeah. what is that? 50 years almost? Just about. I think yeah, probably this year or next. Well, it's coming up. It's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. 
So well, how when how does it start? You, so you're in high school or what? Uh, just out of high school. And you're all just you're playing. You get at that point you're just playing guitar. Yeah. And you meet much. the where do you know the other guys from? We all met at school. Oh uh, yeah? yeah, in high school. High school. Yeah. yeah. One of our, one of the friends. He's not in the band anymore. But uh, uh, he went off. Uh, he's like a year older than I am. Yeah. Uh, and he came back from uh, college break. Or something, yeah. And uh, he had got into the, uh, uh, Mexican folk music. Uh huh. And it was, you know, come down and, and play. You know, we're doing this stuff. And, I, and I'd never, I mean, the music was around. I thought, you know, it but was. That, not conjunto music, but Mexican folk music? Yeah, more like uh, like the regional stuff okay. from, uh, like, uh, you know, central yeah. Mexico. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of strings and uh -huh. you know, violins. and No accordions. No accordions. Right. So, you know, uh, I always wanted to play mandolin, you know. Yeah. So that was a good excuse to, to learn because couldn't, we couldn't play violin. Right. So we were trying to play the violin parts with the mandolins. And uh, and you figured out mandolin on your own? Yeah. We just kind of, you know, little by little. You yeah. Know, you know, song by song. So that's so you worked out a Mexican folk uh, set list? Yeah, we had about five songs and we'd, we'd play. Uh, just uh, you and that one guy? No, it was Caesar was there. And yeah. Then, then I, I invited Louie down. Yeah. And then uh, through Louis, Conrad came down. So before you know, we had five guys and five guys and five songs <laughs> Play, playing Mexican folk music. Yeah, what'd you do with that? Yeah, but we looked more like Canned Heat. You know, yeah. we all had long hair and beards. And <laughs> you like Canned Heat? I like Canned Heat. They were great, right? Yeah, they were. That, really that Wilson guy could sing and play that harp. Yeah. Didn't you do? Did you do something? You did a. You did that record, man, with the guy from Canned Heat. Oh yeah, Hound Dog. Hound Dog. Yeah. Holy shit, that's a great record. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you can't get it on iTunes, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I had to find the CD. He owns the rights to it, so, I mean, and, and he passed away, and I don't know what his family's doing with it. What's his name again? His name was Mike Helby. Was he with the Canteen from the beginning? No, he was later. Later, later right? On, yeah. Because like, like those guys at the beginning, were I didn't realize it, but they were all like, uh, there's a couple of those bands back then, I think Butterfield, too, that were just so, they were like blues nerds. Yeah, yeah, they, I mean, they're record collectors. Yeah, but, deep in. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did you? What, when did you make that record? That was in the uh, mid nineties or something. Yeah, I think. And so. what? How'd that come about? Because that thing was like, there, there's no record that sounds like that, man. It's kind of very deep, deep groove. Well, we, uh, I met him through a, a friend that had a music store out in the, the Whittier area. Yeah. And uh, we just started talking, and he had a uh, Mike had a studio at his house. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, the, the inspiration or the influence was uh, uh, Jimmy Reed, yeah, and uh, Donna Dewey. Oh yeah, those are like uh, uh, I don't know Donna Dewey. Well, you should look, in, look into Donna Dewey. You'll, you'll, uh, Sugar Cane Harris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays the electric violin. Oh wow, yeah. He's okay. the first guy to come up with electric violin. Okay. He took the stylus off of a record player and put it on the bridge of a violin. And plugged oh it no in. shit. Yeah. So that was the that was the inspiration. Yeah, because you know we wanted to do blues, but we didn't want a harp player, and, right? <laughs> and you wanted to do it uh, so simple it, but dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like Jimmy Reed is like the as as deep as it gets. He's great, man. Oh, so, yeah, great poet too, man. Just the way. He, oh yeah, yeah. The, the things he said were beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Did you she, ever get to see him? No, I never did. No. Oh. So you guys are playing Mexican folk music. Yeah, and uh, what what did you realize? Like, that there's not a, a a big future in this, or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't know, you know. Uh, what was it? What was the scene? What were you doing? You were playing parties, or well, it, it started off, you know, playing a, you know, a, they called them tamaladas, you know, where they had uh, little tamale parties, you yeah, know, you know, for like at the VFW and stuff like that. In the neighborhood, yeah, around the neighborhood, yeah. And, uh, and uh, we met who uh, became our manager for a little while. His name was uh, Fernie Mosqueda. Yeah, uh, he he worked with the LA City Schools. Yeah, and uh, he's the one that thought, hey, man, you could, you guys could do, uh, you know, you could play, you know, assemblies, you could play colleges, you could do, you know, this is like educational type of stuff. Yeah, because no one's doing this music. People should learn about it. Yeah, so yeah. that that was our way in. So that uh, he's he got us our first gig in the, for the LA City Schools, and then uh, we started playing at the, like East LA College and uh, a friend. Uh, we made a friend who was down there from UC Davis, yeah, recruiting students, and he heard us play, and he he took us up to the to uh, like Sacramento area, and that led to the Bay Area, and before you know it, we were playing all over California. But this was this very specific type of music, yeah, yeah, and and so you got known for you're almost like uh, historians or or playing some sort of. Uh, 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 folk music that people hadn't weren't familiar with. So you were you probably they, the teachers were probably bringing students 
yeah, to it, watch. That happened, yeah. Uh, and uh, we did that a lot. And then yeah. uh, every single de Mayo, we'd have like, you know, 30 gigs within four days. And, and <laughs> we took all the dash for cash. <laughs> so so by that point, I'm, I'm assuming you had more than five songs. Yeah, it, yeah. It branched out? It branched out a little bit, yeah. So, so how long did you guys do that for? Did you think like, well, this is this is it. This is uh, this is what we're doing. Well, all that work, yeah, started to dry up. Uh, you know, uh, a lot really, of, a lot of the, uh, when Reagan uh, came in, uh, a lot of the programs were were, oh, were no cut. Kidding. You know, a lot of the extra uh, like these art programs, oh, arts really? programs were cut. You know, so you guys were brought in by teachers to to inspire young people, yeah, in a way. Yeah. And, and, we, that, and at, while we're doing that, we were playing weddings and baptisms and stuff like that too. But but know. almost all exclusively Latino gatherings. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So so Reagan comes in, shuts and, the school, you know, kills the spirit of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get pushed out. So yeah. That's eighty. What is that? Eighty. Eighty-one. Yeah. There. And then what'd you guys? Well, you, we ended up because we had already had uh, we had started families by that time. You know. Oh yeah. And. uh had to get, get money, make yeah, money. Yeah, so so we ended up playing in restaurants, like you know, uh, like mariachi style. Yeah, like you know, but we wouldn't stroll. We refused to stroll. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, That's where you drew the line. Yeah, but uh, uh, every once in a while we did, but we would split up <laughs> and uh, play across but, the room with each other. Yeah, one go upstairs, the other guy go the other way. You know? Well, what was it? How did how did it work with um, like there was no drum, so what was Louie doing? Uh, he was playing guitar. He's a guitar player. Oh yeah, Richland, you know. So who the like? I'm trying to think who the. It's you and and Caesar Caesar who do the guitar playing. Uh, mostly, well, mostly, yeah. All three of us play guitars now. Louis got off the drums. He'll play a couple oh, of songs okay. here and there but. on drums, and then it's all three of you doing the guitars. Yeah. Wow, man. So we were in up playing restaurants, and yeah. then uh, and that got boring. And we played this one place. And there was a drum set and electric guitar for the band that was coming on after us. So we started goofing off with it. Uh-huh. And it led to rediscovering like Richie Valens and the music of right, the Midnighters, right. the East Side Soul Bands. So, some of the foundation of this new record. Yeah. Right? Yep. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to remember the set list. I listened to it a couple of times, but I think I got, the, I got it here. But you guys did, uh, well, you do like an interesting bunch of songs, but you did some real old ones, huh? Yeah, there's that Midnighter song on there. That, uh, yeah, I don't even know those guys. I should know. That's one of these things where I, I, I have a bunch of records and I grew up listening to my dad's music, but there's some people on here. I'm like, I don't know them. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Like Farmer John, you did a lot, right? Yeah, that's that's Don and Dewey, by the way. Yeah. That's oh, the, that's then. That's, that's Don and Dewey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Sail on Sailor. But, but uh, so you guys started playing, That's uh, you started playing the rock music. Yeah, little by little, we worked our way, and that's when the accordion came in. And how'd you figure out how to play that? Uh, Is it hard? Well, not... I, yeah, it's hard. I, I'm not. I'm no good at it. I, mean, no. I, I can play you know, the songs I know. But that's, enough? Yeah, enough to yeah. get by. But, uh, uh, well, you know, but we're listening to all this music, and uh, and uh, Ray Cooter had done this record with uh, Flaco Jimenez. You know, you heard that record. Heard that record. Heard yeah. the way Flaco played. Then I started looking for his records, and you know, just yeah, amazing. Yeah accordion player right oh that's so sad so you picked it up yeah and i tried to he was my uh, inspiration you know and then uh, a friend of mine he had an accordion in it that he he bought yeah and it was just sitting in his closet so he loaned it to me and I, I just started figuring it out yeah song by song again you know well it's a vibe right it's a feeling yeah it's it's a good thing it's, it's, it's beautiful so yeah. then you make the shift into sort of like old style rock music and and conjunto music yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you and all you guys could sing in spanish so it worked out yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was important. Yeah. yeah. So, so what? Yeah. What? What was the shift? So then you shift from, so from uh, restaurants to bigger weddings. Yeah. And now you've got you've got you got drums. People can dance. We could play the reception and the dance. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but how you must have done that for a long time. We did. I mean, it for, yeah, we did it for a few years, and uh, uh, and then at that time was when like the roots rock things started happening came out of the punk rock movement you know sure but you know, i have like to the blasters like, and people like that yeah but like i have to assume that that time you guys spent together because you're still together now but that time was almost like the beatles in hamburg where you're just <laughs> knocking out these gigs you're probably doing like four or five a weekend right yeah something for a like few that, years and you're practicing it's like it's like that's where all the dues were paid so you guys were become like one mind you know in terms of mm-hmm. how you play with each other right yeah yeah that's pretty much how it was so the and so when the roots rock hit, 
Well, that was a weird time, right? Because there was this, there, there's all these different types of bands playing simultaneously. Like, the, yeah. like, right? Because, like, I've talked to Dave Alvin. Mm-hmm. I've talked to John Doe. I've talked to Rollins. I've talked to a lot of cats who were around then. Yeah. But uh, there was definitely, like, a Roots Rock thing, but then there was, like, Insanity, right? There, yeah. And they were, <laughs> you were kind of on the same gig, and sometimes there would be a crossover, right? Yeah. It, it would be, you know, the Circle Jerks and, uh, uh, you know, Blasters and We'd Play. Or, it was just <laughs> all over the place. Or, they, or Joe Liggins, uh, you know, from the Honey Drippers, uh, uh-huh. the old uh, kind of like a... Uh, 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 Louis Jordan era musicians that lived here in L.A. That, right. So they would play gigs. and uh, Really? Yeah. They, they, On the same night? Same night, you know. And w- so, like, what was the vibe then? So you, you're coming out of uh, playing these weddings. So how does it, how do you transition? Who pulls you into that? Like, how does that happen? How do you start doing those gigs? Well, it was, you know, uh, I think just the, the idea of playing, uh, you know, restaurants for the rest of our lives, like, uh, scared us, you know. It was like, man, you know. And at that time, it, when the Blasters were doing their thing, and everybody, uh, Sir Douglas Quintet had reformed. And uh, did so, you do a Sir Douglas Quintet song? No, we didn't. We uh, we're doing all LA type stuff. Oh, wait, you like that song, Mendocino? Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's so yeah, we good. got to be friends later on. You know, Doug got to, got to know Doug. Yeah. Really? Did you yeah. play with him? Yeah, he jammed with him. You know, he had a uh, uh, he had a, was it the last. Uh, Texas blues band uh-huh. uh, for a while there, and he had just you know, just a great great band, you know. Yeah, and yeah. We we were on the road, and we'd run into him somewhere, and we'd sit in and stuff oh, like wow. that. We got to know him, and he we did an album called the Super Seven. Yeah, and he was part of that too. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Was it was who was the original singer of that of the Sir Douglas Quintet? Do you remember that guy? That was that was Doug. It was Doug. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was the writer and the singer, and then uh, Augie Myers was the. The triplets, oh, yeah, organ yeah, yeah. player, the, the, great, the box man. player, man, it's a great band. I, I I don't know for some reason I thought Doug was uh, just a guitar player, but he sang, he did all the singing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you didn't want to, you knew you're staring down the barrel at a lifelong restaurant gig, <laughs> and you're like, fuck this. Yeah. So then that's how we we went to uh, uh, Conrad's garage and we made it because uh, we were playing Richie Valens stuff by that time and a few maybe like uh, Farmer John and yeah. And and the, and a few the uh, uh, music you know with, yeah. with recording, so we made a cassette and took it to uh, uh, the country club in Reseda. Uh, the Blasters were playing and uh, met Phil in the you know in the parking lot. And yeah, he passed the tape over to him and a few a few uh, you know, a few weeks later a few yeah. months later, uh, Dave calls me and he says you know we're doing they were kicking ass at that time and they were like they, did, they were doing five nights at the whiskey. And, oh wow! And so they asked us to open one of the nights. Yeah, and that was that was our big boost right there. So that we, was it. We owe them, you know, we owe those guys. And that, yeah, well, that was uh, so. Like, I would assume if they were playing Five Nights, they they had pretty solid following of those yeah. type of uh, those kind of retro minded people. Must have been kind of a kind of a roots half rockabilly looking scene. Yeah, was yeah. it punk yeah. rockers and rockabilly people? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it's uh, dressed up, greasing the hair up. Yeah, doing the thing. Homeboys, everybody was there. Wow. <laughs> That must have been exciting. It was cool. What did you guys lay out? What do you remember the songs? Uh, like, was it? Were you do Richie Valens or did you do? We like, did. Like, I think we did. Uh, Come on, let's go and uh, oh, uh, Little Susie. Yeah. And then we did uh, Farmer John. And, yeah. And we did the uh, 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 the polkas that we play. We, oh yeah. We still play. Yeah. The, and we used to do them faster because you know try to do, punk it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the punk rock polka. Yeah. So, because I have that, they reissued that record, the uh, just another band from LA, East LA, mm-hmm. the the all Spanish record, right? And I got it, you know. I don't understand it, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a, yeah. that was a set list before you started integrating. That was your like yeah. your restaurant and uh, yeah, that was wedding that, set list. Yep, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and you still play that stuff, right? Yeah, we do. We'll uh, we'll do tours that will dedicate uh, uh, you know a tour to that type of music. And they, and so you're going out with X? Are you gonna? Yeah, you, we have. I know we have a go a show with them uh, coming up. Yeah, are you guys? Do you, are you in, are you guys friends? Do you, do yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were they were good to us too. You know, they would uh, include us in some shows. You know, back in the day. Yeah. Well, that's a, they're sort of interesting because the you and the Blasters like are sort of dug into a root thing, and X is kind of like tilting towards some other. You know, like they're. Leaning into some other like uh, area, you know that guy, 
I, what, I don't know why I thought to ask you. That guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carlos Guitarlos? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> what? He's out of his mind. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a Bay Area guy, right? Or is he no, he's, from, he's from here. He's from oh, he Echo Park. Because uh, I was thinking about him, and I knew that like David helped him out. Because I bought that record that when he kind of came off the streets briefly, and they made that record. Were you on that mm-hmm. record? Yeah, I think so. You helped yeah. out with that. Yeah, yeah. He, but he didn't. He couldn't keep it together. I guess he goes in and out. You know. But, yeah. Uh, but he's you know he's a great player, a great songwriter. You know. Was he like one, like back in the day? Was he like something to see kind of deal? Yeah, like, there was a they had a band, uh, Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. Uh huh. And. Uh, and we used to play with it. They had a that was one of the the first uh, gigs we got too. They had yeah. uh, it's called Blue Monday uh, uh-huh. at the uh, Cathay de Grand. Yeah, and uh, and it was you know almost like an open mic kind of deal. Where yeah, the bands could go up and play a few songs. Yeah, and, and so that that helped us too. So we started getting in front of all these people and got to know Carlos and Gil T and uh, Top Jimmy and um, it was just you know. A drunken mess, you know, right? But, but it was fun. Though. Yeah, it's like yeah. a battle of the bands. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah it was. It was cool. It was, you got to know those guys, and uh, it must have been so wild. And like, because the the it was such a community. It yeah, seems like exactly like, everyone knew each other, and everyone's just like going crazy. Yeah, partying. everybody show up at each other's gigs. You know, yeah, and, you know. and and jam. And now you guys become sort of these elder statesmen, man. I mean, you guys are like the guys. Like you, you've played with everybody. You must have played with all your heroes by now. A lot of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're a Peter Green fan? Yes, yeah. Because I, I got into him, like, hard in the last 10 years. Like, I can't yeah. believe that guy. It's yeah, a- I grew up, uh, he was like, uh, I jammed with a friend of mine that, that, you know, played, he was a blues player. Yeah. And I I found out that I, I didn't know anything about the blues, you know. I was just, I knew Johnny Winter, which is right. good, which is cool, but it wasn't. The real deal. And so then, you know, uh, Peter Green was the one that, Kind of put it together for me. Oh, know? really? Yeah, I mean, cause that's he, interesting. So, when was that? When you were like a kid? Uh, yeah, I was in high school, and uh, and uh, yeah, Peter Green, and, and did uh, interviews with like Clapton, and you know, they they would talk about Otis Rush and right. and Albert King, Freddie King. Yeah. So I started looking for the records. You know, right? And, yeah, yeah. And, I, and you got you got, got hold into, of it. You got yeah. the hang. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, yeah. there's still more to learn. No, it? well, so, I guess so. Yeah, is I think there's more to. Is, it seems like there's more to learn if you do less yeah yeah <laughs> that's the thing that was the big uh that was the lesson you know the, you know space yeah man you know well you guys certainly know how to take that space it's kind of mind-blowing because you can go you go back and forth but even in in the stuff you guys play fast there's such a, a a unity of 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 rhythm that i don't know what it is but it's it's kind of amazing i and i know people have compared you guys to the band before but it seems like like when i listen to you guys like it, it's one of those things. Like I imagine Clapton's a huge fan. Have you met Clapton? Yeah, we've uh, we played the the Crossroads. Festivals, yeah, yeah. You know? He must love you. Does he? I hope he does. Yeah, <laughs> what, he did. Did. You, did, you, did you play with him? Uh, Were you able to? Yeah, like, he, he sat in with us a couple times. How yeah. was that? Was that? Oh, like, it was, was mind blowing. Or yeah, what? It, you know, you know, when I was fourteen and my you know <laughs> playing the Cream Records in my bedroom, you know, and, then, yeah. and there's Eric Clapton right here. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, that must be great. He can yeah. still lay out the blues pretty good, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but you know, like I know he was a big freak for the band. Like there was this idea that when that band, the band, came on the scene, that like it was like, oh, it's over. These guys did it. They reinvented music. They yeah. figured it out. But it, like, what's interesting about you guys, even from the beginning, in the way you kind of came up and and together, not unlike those guys, but they were sort of Appalachia, and they're all Canadian, most of them, and they're coming up through country western. But you guys are doing a similar kind of roots thing in terms of uniquely American music. But you got all the Latino stuff in there. They don't have any of that. Like you know, yeah. the band doesn't. So mm-hmm. you've got this whole other element, this whole other texture. I'm I'm just blowing smoke up your ass now, but, <laughs> okay. but, yeah, but you know okay. what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean you can feel that because you can feel that element of where you guys come from in almost all the music too. Yeah, I, I you know it was that uh, homemade kind of a uh, approach, like like the ba- the band. You know. Yeah. Uh, Did you listen to them? Yeah, we just still a lot. You know, uh, they. If they wanted a fiddle, they'd pick up a fiddle, you know, right. and, you know, and, yeah. uh, or a mandolin. So we did that instead of trying to, uh, you know, we did it in-house, I guess, you know. Sure. If we wanted to hear, uh, and, and through all the folk music, there's so many different, each region in Mexico has a different uh, set of instruments. So right. All these different, so we had all that stuff, you know. Uh, you figured uh, it out? Yeah. I mean, we, 
still working on it, but yeah, I would, uh, we had all that stuff to uh, pull from, you know, yeah. or steal. Right. Yeah, and it still shows up in the music, like uh, like yeah. almost on every yeah. record. There's some of that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it took a while to get to the to where we felt comfortable. Where we could try to write a song in that style. Uh huh. Most of the time, it was just uh, you know we would we would play the old stuff and and stay true to it. You know. Where where did you first start? Where did you st- first feel the confidence? What's the first song you think that you did that was you know kind of drawing from that directly? Was it on Kiko? Uh, I was on the uh, the neighborhood record. Oh, there was a song called a while, uh, huh? uh, "Be Still." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it was written in English, but it had that uh, this six eight uh, uh, rhythm that's that's used in Mexico. A lot of a lot of music you know from Mexico, Wapango, it's uh-huh. called. You know? Yeah, and so we wrote a uh, you know. Took a took a try. Took a stab at it, and it worked. You know, so it opened the door to to more stuff like that. To the confidence, yeah, necessary. Yeah, yeah. I just listened to that record too. That's a great one. I didn't know Colossal head that well, and I had to I had to kind of get caught up on that. But yeah. how did the um, so when like obviously the first record that that I bought was How Will the Wolf Survive? But how did that? So that happened in that time in the eighties, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It came out of. Uh, the LA scene. What, what? How'd you get that deal? How'd that work? Well, again, it was uh, the the Blasters. They were on. They were on uh, uh, Slash Records. Yeah. They told Bob Biggs, who's the the main guy. Yeah. He's passed away recently, but uh, said you got to you better listen to these guys, man. Pick yeah. them up. You know, do something. So our first record was an EP because he didn't want to invest. Yeah. Much into it. He didn't want to make sure. He didn't know where it was going to go. You know? Right. He didn't know how to sell it or anything. You know? Right. And, uh, really? Even with the blasters? Were, were the blasters more defined to him? I guess so. Huh. Yeah. He thought, we were, like, what do we go to the Latin market? And yeah, like, right. No, no. It's, this is mainstream <laughs> stuff, man. Just, just try it out us. there and see what happens. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. it, and it worked. You know? Yeah. So he just put it out there and, uh, and, and, the, and the kids came? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that led to uh, Will the Wolf Survive? Well, I mean... It's interesting because it seems like on every record you do like at least a little one or two of each of what you do. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You mix it up. Yeah. You know, like there's definitely there's a there's a rocker, old swing rock, you know, bop blues, jump blues. And then you got a, a Mexican song and then you got like, you know, maybe a little countryish stuff. But you kind of mix it all up. Right. Yeah. But and then like by the time you get to Kiko, then all of a sudden you did some other thing. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It's, all of a sudden everything became wove together, and there was this natural sort of uh, movement through everything. Did you feel that happening? Well, you know, we did the neighborhood record, yeah, and uh, we wanted to produce it ourselves, and the record company didn't believe in us, so they they kind of just let it die almost. What the the neighborhood record? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very thoughtful record. It, it, you, oh, oh, so it didn't get the push that it, you, yeah. you might have wanted. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so we were frustrated, and then uh, uh, Lenny Warnker, who was the, the head of uh, Warner Bros. at the time, he always liked the band, you know, so he put us together with uh, Mitchell Froome. He says, I think you guys have worked well together. Yeah. And and uh, Mitchell was kind of uh, in the same place with his career. He was like, man, he wanted to do something, you know. Yeah. Something different. The producer. Know, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, who, who, who else did he work with? Uh, crowded house. He, oh, okay. He did, but he did a lot of stuff, you know. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. Was, and uh, and him and uh, and Chad Blake, who's the engineer, who was another. I think he's an alien. You know, a wizard. A, yeah, yeah. He's just really amazing. So uh, we all got together and had the same mindset. Let's do something that you know no one's ever heard before. Yeah. And we knew Louis and I. We knew uh, it's a good uh, opportunity to you know write some write some stuff that we haven't done before. Try to. Write better songs or different songs at least, you know? yeah. And then that's uh, and it, it seemed to work out. Well, so that's interesting. So that the guy who's as a producer was he brought a whole other point of view to it, right? Because he had yeah. his own way of thinking. If he did Crowded House and stuff, it's not yeah. You know, he's not just like doing rock music. He's got a vision of some kind, yeah. right? Yeah, got his own point of view. And the engineer's a wizard. And then so that kind of you know uh, encouraged you guys to to take it to some other level. Yeah. And what was the process of, of of writing that? Because I mean, it's pretty much universally seen as a, a a masterpiece of a record. Did you feel like how did you approach it differently on that record? Well, like the first first one was stuff that we played live, and then uh, 
Well, the Wolf survived. We, that's what we started. Okay, we have to write some stuff. You yeah. Know? We can't just play covers. Right. So that let, got the ball rolling. And then uh, the difference was we didn't rehearse. We didn't uh, uh, go into, you know, uh, uh, pre-production or whatever, you know. Right, because you, well, you weren't taking it on the road. So no, you, it was no. all studio work. Yeah, so we'd, we'd come up with a, Louis and I, or Caesar, you know, yeah. he'd come up with songs and uh, an idea, and we'd take it to the studio, and we'd throw it together there, you know. Right, I'd just build it. Build it from the bottom. And, and like and, the guy used the studio like an instrument. Yeah. And so that was probably the difference. You guys weren't just working like as a, like a grinding out songs as a band. You're yeah. kind of using yeah. the space differently. Yeah. That's a, that's what we did. Yeah, uh, and it worked. Uh, you know, and then having uh, Mitchell's uh, you know point of view or listening, to, you know, he, he helped us refine a lot of the stuff. And, oh yeah, and and, uh, and then Chad just uh, you know yeah, yeah we're recording yeah, yeah. through uh, you know exhaust manifolds and stuff. It, really? You know, yeah, he had all these uh, crazy ideas. You know, to make weird sounds. Yeah, or tell him you know I'd say, man, this could use some uh, backwards guitar on this song. <laughs> So he flips the tape over and he goes, okay, go. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't know it was that easy. You know, It's easy if you got a guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Did you guys know weights back in the time, in the day? Uh, around that time was when we met. Around uh, Kiko time? Yeah. Yeah? Is yeah. he a fan? He must be a fan. Yeah. He's he's a good friend of ours. You know? Yeah? Yeah. Well, he does kind of weird shit with exhaust manifolds and you know, interesting Yeah, I sounds. think it, it was, uh, Chad worked with him too. So oh, they, really? Yeah, so they- uh, <laughs> So that was the connecting tissue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got weights doing the exhaust manifolds, and so now it well, but everyone's doing the exhaust manifold. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. after that, like what, did you, were you guys able to tour a lot of those songs? They seem tricky to play, and, and do you play, what do you play? There's a couple ones on there. What's on your set? Now well, from Kiko, well, we still do Kiko. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, train this train don't count. Train, we do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Wicked Rain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a man. We can do most of them. Not not all of them, but we can yeah. do most of them. Yeah. How, how often do you tour? I mean, like before COVID, were you guys going oh, out? We were, yeah, it was crazy. It was. It, it seems like you never stopped playing. We didn't. It was. Uh, it was getting uh, getting real tired. You know, but like to the point where it's like. It was nice, to have, good to have the work, but it was a uh, run the time. I remember our last gig was March 9th of three days before the lockdown. Yeah, yeah, because we were supposed to play. Uh, uh, I think we were, we were supposed to go to uh, San Antonio or something. Yeah, and then uh, uh, our drummer at the time, uh, his wife uh, worked for the city of Pasadena, yeah. she, and she says, "No, man, this is this thing is. They're not telling you everything in the news. This thing is serious, man. You guys shouldn't go anywhere." So we we backed out of the gig, and then that's when the, the shutdown happened. Right, and after it hit. That. Yeah. Did anyone get sick? From no. The van? No. We. Oh, good. That's thank good. God, you know, we've been all right. That's great, man. Yeah. So, like, how did you feel about the break? I mean, e even though it was it was forced, I mean, did you need it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not necessarily that way, but right. <laughs> we right. needed the break. But you might not have taken it. No. That? Yeah. You're right. Uh, so, it you know it was. Great being home. It's great being home now, you know. Because you got the kids, grandkids, everybody. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been home this long since the '80s. You know, you know. Wow, man. So it's a trip. Well, you're lucky, man. I mean, like the road's hard, and it sounds like you guys went at it pretty hard early on. I, I imagine you've all grown up out of that shit, right? You don't yeah. go too crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's not not like it used to be. <laughs> We're too old. <laughs> too old. We man. can't move anymore. So did you guys do most of this record during the lockdown or no? Yeah, we did. So were you able to play with each other or were you sending stuff back and forth or did you guys just hang well, out? Well, most of it, uh, when we did it, uh, we would, you know, we did the whole distancing thing, but we were in the same studio. We had masks. Sure. Well, we, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we you, do the we, are you guys, we test before we go in and make sure everybody's... Uh, but do you guys like, I mean, you hang out, you you seem like, I, I'm, I'm always wrong about this, but... But I always assume that everybody hangs out, even though you've been playing together for fifty years. Do you guys, your families, all hang out together and stuff? Not so much anymore. Oh. But, but uh, special events, you know. Yeah. But mostly, everybody goes to their corner. And oh, just, really? It's probably better, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. You know, we need a break from each other too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're we're still friends. You know, we still get along good. You know? So, what was the conception uh, before I talk about this? So, what, let's talk about this the Disney stuff now. The because there were I I'm, which one did you do there were there because I know you did Los Lobos goes Disney right mm -hmm. but there was you did uh, uh you were on a record first right right 
That was, what what so, did you do? Uh, uh, walk no. like me, talk like yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. I don't know why because I, I have a memory of that record, and it was just such a great song. And that led to the Disney record. I, I, I guess so. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. Like, that seems like a fun thing to do. Oh yeah. Well, that was uh, Louis Prima and uh, Phil Harris did the original track. So we're all oh, right. So you're Louis like, Prima fans. So we're like, yeah, if, we're, if we're gonna do one, let's do that one. You know. Yeah. It was. It's great. It's okay. So. In terms of conceiving this record, like was this did you was it because you didn't have like new material, you didn't want to write new material, or did you just think like, why don't we do our influences? Like whose idea was that? Uh, you know, I don't know whose whose idea it was. It, yeah. It was pitched to us to do a, oh, it was? a covers record. Uh-huh. And then uh we were okay, that sounds cool. And then it uh I I don't know who came up with the idea to do it uh just a LA based Music, you know, artists, yeah, right, and which you know narrowed it down, which made it, I think, made it easier to do. Well, after we found the songs, it took a long time to find. You know, we went through a lot of stuff. Well, how many? And then you did one. You did one uh, original one. Yeah, the Native Sun record, the song, which is great. But so, but these were like they are. There are some interesting choices. You know, like uh, Sail on Sailor. That was an interesting choice, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a Beach Boys. Well, song. You, you know, you think L.A. bands, you think Beach Boys. Uh, um, but did you listen to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to them a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they were <laughs> that, that era of Beach Boys is good, huh? Yeah, it, but I guess you listen to all you got. Even you know the Surf and the, Safari, you know, and Good Chris. Vibrations, and uh, oh, you know, that's good. In my room, and oh yeah. Well, that's <laughs> later, but yeah. but even the early ones are early, great. Yeah, they, they did a cover of Barbara Ann that I used to listen to yeah. uh, on that uh, party album. What was it? Beach Boy Summer. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> that's yeah, a yeah. cool record. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And uh, and then you did the Jackson Browns. I just talked to Jackson Brown. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, we just went through all the uh, Jamaica. Say you will. Is that the name of that? Yeah, tune? that's the, the yeah, first yeah. song I ever heard from Jackson, and, and uh, we just tried to touch on on all the like War, another band that that's like that was the other thing that that amazed me that War thing, like because like yeah. I can hear War in your shit. Well, we learned from them. You know, yeah, they, they were, you know, they're from Central LA, but they were big on the East Side. You know, they were they were honorary Chicanos. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because they they always had that little that Latin element in their music. Because they were percussion. listening too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and through the years, we became friends with uh, with the guys. You know, and, uh, how many of them are still around? Uh, well, the bass player just passed away, but everybody else still. Yeah. Well, over the years, they, they lost the percussionist years ago, and the sax player died a long time ago too. But but it's so funny that that thing comes true because that uh, you know, well, Lowrider was huge, right? Yeah. But I mean, but like once you guys played that tune, I'm like, oh, I like all of it makes sense to me. Like I think that's what kind of got me so excited to to sort of talk to you and also just to hear the record because like you know I've listened to your records you know half my life you know here and there but then when I'm like someone said well listen to this here's the new record and then I the idea of all this being your info it all made sense like you know right. I can hear all of this because you're playing them I can hear you guys playing them but I can also hear that stuff in your shit you know I could all yeah. wove together like these were really these are very thoughtful choices. We tried, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. and for what it's worth, I mean, geez, man, I mean that it's that sort of seems relevant now, you know that song, and that's yeah. a hard song because everybody knows that song, but you guys oh, yeah. took it, it on. It, it was hard. Yeah, that, that, we we're afraid. You know, we we're, we're hoping that they would like it. You know, Buffalo Springfield. Uh, What's well, left that, of them? Yeah, Steve? Uh, Bu Buffalo Springfield and the War and uh, uh, even the, you know. Uh, sail on sailor too, you know. Uh, you were concerned that uh, that they would be that they would approve, you know. Well, how many of them are there to approve of it? I mean, like well, I heard that what Brian uh, sent uh, uh, something on social media that he, that he liked it, that he oh, heard yeah? it, and he liked it, and uh, oh. and we we played with Al Jardine uh, uh -huh. this last weekend. He in Big Sur, he came up and played it with us. He did, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's so kind of beautiful, huh? Stamp, stamp of approval. That's so. for sure. If yeah. Brian says okay, yeah. Well, so. have you heard from Stephen Stills? Who wrote that one? Yes, yeah, yeah, Stephen Stills. Stills. No, I haven't heard from him. <laughs> 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 we'll find out one day. You ever played with that guy? <laughs> yeah, we have. He can play too, huh? Yeah, he's a great player. I always liked his his, his music. You know, Manassas. So was a, uh, do, you, do you ever hear that stuff? The uh, uh, what his original he, band? Yeah, he had a band after. Be Buffalo Springfield and after the solo stuff and the Manassas. Manassas. It's a, who else was in it with him? Uh, Chris Hillman. Uh, oh, really? Um, I don't know if I. I don't know if I know that stuff. Yeah, you should check it out. It's, it's great. It's 
Big guitars. It's great. Really? Yeah. Why well, you listen to that? Uh, what's that one? The blues. Uh, the blue with Bloomfield, Al Cooper, Supergroup. Oh, oh yeah, su- Super Session. The super Session. Yeah. There's some good stuff on there, but there yeah. a lot of those are separate songs by the yeah. guys. Yeah. Were you Bloomfield guy? Yeah. Like, I I can't like I can't like Peter Green. I listen to and I'm like I get it. You know Bloomfield. I get it, but it's too, it's too much for me. It's a little mind blowing. Yeah, like he just like like he, 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 it's it's beyond my understanding, <laughs> but it's uh, great. Oh, you know, he's amazing. Yeah, you know, just have you tried to work out those licks? I've tried. You know, <laughs> <laughs> still trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, who who are your main guys? Is it like is it like you went to the king the the three kings? Yeah, uh, and uh, but is it who do you prefer out of those guys? Oh, I can't. You, you can't judge. No, you I can't, can't judge. say. No, they're all. Yeah. Did you, know, you ever play with uh, with BB or any of those cats? But we've done shows with him, but I've yeah. never actually played with him. Never sat no, in with him. No. Who were some of the guys that you know from like you know your heroes outside of Clapton that you were able to play with? That that's blew uh, your mind. Did you play with Stevie Ray? Yeah, we did. Uh, that must have been something to watch him play right up close. Yeah, that was. Uh, we were first time we met him. We were in uh, in. Uh, Lund, I think, is in in Sweden. Yeah, and uh, he was doing the the big show at the college. Yeah, and we were playing a bar, you know, yeah. later in the evening. Yeah, so he we went to his show and then he came to ours and sat in with us and, and that's how we met. You know, oh, you guys must have had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. And, was, and then over the years, we'd run into each other here and there. We did uh, uh, some shows in Italy with uh, the Pogues, uh-huh. Stevie Ray, and ourselves. It's interesting, like lineups, and because you guys toured so much, you really like that. That was your whole life is hanging out with these guys, they, all these different types of people. The Pogues, that's an interesting billing. It's you, yeah. Stevie Ray, and the Pogues. Yeah, I think it was the accordion. Uh, uh, well, Stevie Ray was the, you know, he was the, the headliner, the headliner, right? You know? And then the, the the accordion connection with the Pogues and Lobos, and that's that kind of made sense. It does make sense. A totally different approach, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What what's the plan now? What, it, what how many dates are you going to do? Well, as few as possible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've gotten used to staying home, and I'd like. That's like a lot, it. dude. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did this weekend. We did four shows uh, in Big Sur. I uh, did two in uh, Big Sur, and then we played in uh, uh, Santa Cruz and up in Napa. What were the venues? The uh, uh, Big Sur was just a was small uh, outdoor amphitheater, uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, Santa Cruz. It was uh, at the Dream Inn. It's a hotel where they, uh, we played poolside, and people they they rent. Oh, I saw. They, I think I saw some uh, some footage of that. Yeah. They're up on the balconies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It worked out all right. Yeah, it, yeah. We did it earlier, in, you know, when the COVID COVID was still the lockdown was, was tighter, uh-huh. tighter. So that was the only way we could we could do a gig. Uh huh. We did some driving gigs, but it's little by little it's opening up. And, yeah. But uh, oh, he did the driving gigs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a comic, and I, I just was like, I can't do it. That's going to be hard. I can't do it. You stand there and wait for them to flash their lights? <laughs> <laughs> you can't connect with anybody. No, no, I couldn't do it, man. Uh-huh. But I tell you, well, that's some like that's the that's why I envy uh, musicians. It's like because of all these years you got. I mean, you know, playing those parties and playing those weddings and stuff. I mean, you can play anywhere. I mean, you know, and, and deal with it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some are better than others, huh? Yeah. How do you want to work in the future? If you don't want to tour, do you are do you are you going to do more collaborations with people or kind of lay low or what? Well, it, it's see how it comes. It's still, yeah, it's kind of up in the air still. Yeah. I mean, we will be doing more shows, but I hope you know we'll try to spread them out and and not kill ourselves like we were. Oh, it's just it's sort of astounding how much like how many things you were involved with. Do you look back on it and just go, "Holy shit"? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel grateful. A lot of been able to uh, play with a lot of people that uh, you know we've admired over the years. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's been good. Yeah, well, I mean, I I wish you continued success, and I and I love the record, and it was great talking to you. Man. Well, thank you, thank you, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks doing for having it. me. There you go. The new album, Native Sons, will be available July thirtieth. I, you know, when when we were walking out, I asked him if he had any strats. Because I have a Strat, and we were talking guitars on the way to the car. I said, you got a Strat? You got an old Strat? He's like, I got one. I got a 58. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, Jerry Garcia gave it to me. I'm like, no shit. He says, yeah, we were playing with the dead, 
And he said, uh, do you got a, a Strat? Do you, you want a 58 Stratocaster? And Hidalgo says, uh, yeah, it's a little out of my range, man. He's like, no, I'm going to give it to you. And he gave it to him. He said he keeps it in the locker. So he's uh, got Jerry Strat. There's a little trivia. Now I will play my Stratocaster. Not a 58. It's like an 87. Not impressive. Monkey and La Fonda. Cat angels everywhere. 